Hello. Welcome to the Quizzy Mondays podcast with me, Chris Ducklin. This week we have Jack Whaley-Cohen, question editor from Only Connect. He has a background of various quizzes, including Countdown, The Weakest Link, Number One, The People Versus, Defectors, and 100%. And of course, Only Connect, being a competitor in the first series, reaching the final with the team Lap Psychologists, and unfortunately losing to the Crossworders. And now, effectively, from poacher to to gamekeeper, quiz editor of, or question editor, of Only Connect. Uh, Good evening, Jack. Hello, Chris. Good evening. So before we start, we've both got something slightly in common, apart from being quizzers. We've both been in teams which have lost to David Stainer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Congratulations to David, if he actually listens to um, winning the Quiz League of London Summer Friendly League on Tuesday. Um, So let's continue and start with you, Jack. So um, what you've got a very impressive quiz cv what got you into quizzing i actually blame initially i blame my mother who was who was very uh, very into quizzes and when we were little and we got home from school she'd be watching countdown and whatever else and and uh, that would normally take precedence over any children's tv and then it got to the point where sometimes at bedtime instead of story she would um she would read us quiz questions from a quiz book so that was kind of the starting point then the school i went to when i was eight had a long-standing tradition which which goes on to this day of doing a general knowledge quiz on the very first day of the school year and i did used to do pretty well on that i i think i won every year apart from the last year when there was a when there was a school prize up for grabs um but there was a really good general knowledge and quizzing ethos and um that, that kind of that kind of got me going and it and i didn't really do much quizzing for for, for several years after that and so i got to university and i discovered very early on the existence of the new Oxford Quiz Society, which we've already mentioned David Stainer once. He was involved in setting up um, the revival of the University Quiz Society at Oxford with, amongst other people, uh, Ian Bailey, a well-known, well-known quizzer, also a member of David Stainer's team on the Crossworders. And I got very involved in the Quiz Society quite early on and spent much of my university time doing quizzes of some sort um probably more time than doing my degree but it turned out all right in the end so that was kind of the that was kind of the inception of my my quizzing quizzing obsession okay so if we just hold it there for a moment so you're at university you're in the oxford university quiz society correct um so did you what uh, at that time what was it was it a fledgling society? Was it developing? Yes, so the, the, the quiz society had it had existed previously. I, I, bel- I, I think that I think that Mark Labbert might have been involved in the early days, and um, um, possibly possibly Stephen Pearson as well. Maybe I've made that up. Who are sort of reasonably well known names in the, in the field of quizzing. Um, and then it, it kind of faded a bit, and then it was being revived. So it was the first year of the revival, very much off the back of the good performance of Oriel's team on University Challenge, which was a bit of a draw to see these good quizzes and people taking them on and seeing, seeing how you get on. Um, but I think it's think I don't think David Stainer or Ian Bailey will mind particularly me commenting that they weren't that they, they weren't the sort of necessarily the greatest sort of organizers, administrators <laughs> in the world. Um, but obviously amongst the best quizzes in the world. Um, and 
um, a chap called Rob Rob Linham, who who ought to be knighted for quiz if he hasn't been already, um, got got his hands on it. He was in the same year as me and beat it into shape. And within, I mean, within a very short space of time, there was a real infrastructure, and we were running the Oxford Intercollegiate Quiz, which was a revival from something that had, again faded several years before, which was a big university challenge style tournament amongst all the different colleges. Um, and that's still going to this day and is, you know, a big tournament and really big quizzing culture at, at Oxford um, um, and all the universities. But it was it was kind of a, a bit of a pioneering revival time um, when I was there. So what, what year was this? Roughly? So that would have been 1998 when we started, when I started. Um, yeah, 1998. OK, so the, the, the Paxman series has already been running for about four or so years that's right yes okay right. so so would would you probably say that the 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 gap between the the previous society and the new society might have bridged the gap between the bamber and the jeremy there was there, yeah de- definitely definitely a big aspect of that i don't know the exact details but i don't think it's a coincidence that once the paxman series had built up some momentum all it took really was a good enthusiastic oxford team to say let's make this a thing again okay okay so did you while you while you were at oxford it isn't on sort of doing a bit of research university challenge isn't on your cv is that something that unfortunately escaped you because there was better <laughs> yeah. teams or did you audition and not get on or could it's you a, give an, an interesting ish story i mean i used to be I mean, I've, I'm, a, I'm a decent quizzer. I'm, I'm not an amazing quizzer. Certainly not the the level of of the sort of people who we've whose names we've mentioned so far. But I'm a, I'm a decent quizzer, um, and I took it upon myself to organise the university challenge team for St John's, which was my college at Oxford. Pretty confident that I'd get into the team, um, but I didn't because I found four people at least who were quite noticeably better than me. There were at least two people who I knew were better than me. Um, who ended up on the team and the four that did end up on the team they 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 got to the final and lost in the final so they were you know they were a good strong team that was st john's 2000 2001 series i think okay so moving on sort of so what was your first television sort of appearance and how could you just briefly describe the process of that and how you felt about it yeah, absolutely. Um, so Camdown was the first thing I went on, and that was that was the starting point because I was I was good at Camdown. I, I would not stand a chance in this slightly more professional age of apturous practicing Countdowners, but in the relative olden days um, of the uh, of the late nineteen nineties, um, if you were pretty good at it, you'd, you'd stand a reasonable chance. Um, so I applied for that um, and got on, and I did okay i won three shows and lost on my fourth day i was very very nervous it was the first thing i'd ever been on um missed quite a few things that i think with a bit more television experience um i might have done a little bit better on um but that was so much fun that that gave me um that gave me uh, gave me the bug really and i spent a lot of time as did my group of friends finding quiz shows to go on while we were at university i mean that was the it was the early days of the internet and it was a booming booming quiz show era as well and the quiz shows were discovering that you could 
recruit people online. It was a much easier way to recruit people. So if you were into quizzes and online and a student with not a tremendous amount better to do, then um, it was quite easy to get involved in some of the early run-throughs and the pilots and getting onto the shows. Um, so that's that's what I did a lot of. I think I took part in the TV show number one in the week of one of my finals exams. <laughs> um, I mean, it was, you know, why not? Just if you just, just get on with it, really. Yeah, so um, I, don't, I don't know, from personal experience, so I, I auditioned for Only Connect for the current series, but didn't unfortunately didn't manage to get in. But then I sort of, thinking back at it, although I was disappointed at the time, I did think, look at the audition dates and think, okay, that clashes with deadlines and oh my goodness how am i going to get this piece of coursework done so i was i was quite relieved partially not necessarily not to get not to get in and sort of enjoy the experience of auditioning but yeah what you said your thing for number one does sound like oh it does sound like a interesting ordeal yes well not i mean i won some cash on it not a huge amount of cash but it was it felt like worth the trip up to manchester um i hope you're going to apply for only connect again um, they're, they're they're very welcoming of, of reapplications. Yes, because uh, one of the teams this series either was it the Eco Warriors or Escapologists tried about seven, yeah. five or seven times. Yeah, something like that. It was the it was the Eco Warriors, and some sometimes sometimes it's a case of there are just better teams that year, or you don't. A lot of only connect is about it falling your way, and if it just doesn't quite fall your way, then 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 tough really. Um, try again. But, um, yeah, very, they're very welcoming to, to, to reapplications. Okay, so bit, as mentioned in your CV, moving on to Only Connect, you, you in the first series. So obviously it hadn't, wasn't the phenomenon, it was an unknown then. Can you give us your impressions of it? Yeah, it was really interesting. I mean, we saw the, saw the advert for it and um, it, it really appealed because... Um, the friends of mine who I quiz with, I mean, we, we you know, we're, we're good quizzes, but not, you know, not world class, but we're, we're good puzzle solvers and good lateral thinkers. Um, and so the way they described it in the initial advert sounded absolutely perfect. So, um, so we applied, saw the audition paper, which we very diligently didn't look at and did over a three way Skype call because we were all in different, different parts of the, the country at the time. And um, it was, you know, it was really fun. The audition experience confirmed how much fun it was. The show has a really good and rightly deserved reputation for being amongst the most fun, if not the most fun, to, to audition for and to be on the show because the production team have done from the very beginning and still do now really care about the, the experience that contestants have. Um, as it happens, the, one of the people who I auditioned with it turned out that the recording dates would have clashed with his uh, honeymoon had we progressed <laughs> the tournament. So so he pulled out and we, we brought a replacement in. Um, the person he pulled out of my team was um, a chap called Aaron Bell, who went on to be part of the Epicureans, who were champions of champions um, a few series after the Crossworders and then lost the Crossworders in the epic Stainer versus Stainer battle. <laughs> the Epicureans were captained by um, Katie Bramall Stainer, David Stainer's uh, other half. Okay, so so you, your your teammates were they were they friends? Were they fellow quizzers? What where did where did your fellow teammates come from? Yeah, so one of one of my friends was a chap called Richard McDougall. Um, he's a, a very good friend of mine. Um, we met. We did, we were doing the same subject at Oxford. We both did psychology. 
um, hence the lapsed psychologist name. Um, we um, we were both very good at countdown conundrums. I remember in the TV room watching countdown, someone observing the TV room was the entrance exam for the psychology degree, purely the ability to do countdown conundrums. Um, so um, that, was, that was him. And then the other chap was uh, Matthew Stevens, who was actually a colleague of mine at the time at um, my quiz company, Quiz, Quiz, Quiz. So he was sort of a replacement contestant for, for Aaron. Um, and um, we spent a bit of time quizzing together and, uh, and gelling, gelling as a team. So, how, so how, how did you feel, the, you know, can you describe how you felt going through the various rounds to, to eventually get into the final and unfortunately losing? Yeah, um, it was it was incredibly good fun. Um, like the, the most the most fun quiz show I've I've taken part in. Um, it's just 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 a fun game to play. Um, very welcoming. It's difficult but not impossible if you think about it in the right way. Um, I think it was probably a touch easier in the olden days, but then no one had no one had seen it, so they didn't quite know how it worked. So people didn't have good only connect technique they didn't know what to expect from the questions or um what might be in the mind of the question setters to be fair the question setters probably didn't quite know what was in their mind at that stage as well because it was you know, new new for everyone um and so um yeah as we, as we progressed it got more and more fun and it was a real element of wanting to stay in the competition to be able to play more of it i mean obviously one doesn't want to lose but it was just so much fun to play you wanted to keep on keep on going and I, I sometimes reflect. I think, I think in the first series, I think the missing vowels around was a touch easier than it has become now. They were a bit, you know, slightly less puzzly, a little bit less lateral thinking. And I think the walls were possibly, um, maybe the walls were, were were similar. But I often say, had the vowels been a bit harder, we would have been much better at the vowels than the crossworders. So we would have still lost, but not quite as badly. Is is there's the way I rationalise it. Um, yeah. Okay. So, was Only Connect your last appearance on a, a quiz show, or was there ones? Good question. I think I think it was. I think it was. Um, I mean, at that at that stage, I was still, I was I was running Quiz Quiz Quiz, the, my quiz company. Um, so I was you know prof- involved in quizzes professionally. But at that stage, I hadn't been doing any writing for for quiz shows, and it was round about the time we went on Only Connect that. We started started having less time for going on shows that weren't as exciting and interesting, um, and starting to veer towards doing some some writing for TV shows as well. Um, so uh, I ought to know for certain. I think it was my last TV appearance, but I can't remember for for sure. So when you is it a, is it a case of what what turns you from a, com, a competitor into someone who sort of writes for, for writes quizzes for the quizzes is there is there is there a disadvantage to sort of becoming too popular of a quizzer on tv too much of a, a professional quizzer um i think there's def- there is a disadvantage to becoming too much of a professional quizzer on on tv or or a well-established tv quizzer should we say rather than professional um some shows don't care. They actually want you because you're good, because you need to be good for the show to work. Only Connect, Mastermind, University Challenge, 
um, all of those, that would apply to all of those. I mean, typically people go on university challenge as part of their establishment as a good quiz rather than later on. But Mastermind, Brain of Britain, Only Connect need good quizzes, some of whom will, will be, be well established. Um, I think the well established quizzes are always going to struggle to get onto the the big money, more entertainmenty style shows, but some do get on and people casting for those shows like a mix of people and um even the even the best quizzes aren't guaranteed to win on the those big money shows, but they don't want to have too many of them for for um, you know, for all sorts of uh good generally good reasons. Yes. Okay. So what was what you're talking about quiz 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 so was quiz 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 established before you appeared on only connect yeah so i set quiz 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 up in uh, about 2003 and um we set it up to run quiz nights to host like really good professional quiz nights for company nights out basically um and we still do that and that's the main part of our business we've got um, a whole load of quiz master. We've got a very, very good um, quiz format um, that, that we develop, uh, develop, and the quiz masters have a lot of flexibility to stand their own personality on the quiz, but using using the parameters of our format and the material we provide them with, and all the techniques we train them up with. Um, so yeah, quiz, quiz, quiz has been going for for quite a long time now, um, and it's only in the last three or four years where question writing for TV shows has become a significant part of the business before before that we were doing a lot of question writing for mobile apps in the early days of mobile apps we actually brought out our own mobile app which did, did pretty well um but um we yeah we wrote i mean hundreds of thousands of questions for mobile apps not just in english we my background is also in the translation industry so we got into multilingual question writing as well training up non-english people to to write good quiz questions and finding ways to edit them and check them so that was a a really interesting part of the business and and some very interesting very interesting challenges so in in terms of getting involved in writing questions for shows did you approach the shows or did the shows approach you um a bit of both um a bit of both we we weren't we, we had a pretty poor experience writing questions for a show in the early years of quiz 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 um, we, we, I don't think we did it particularly well. I don't think the TV company who was we were working with really knew what they were doing particularly either. So that put us off somewhat, and we decided not to do that as part of our business. Um, we did we did a couple of shows. We did um, um, yeah a couple of you know, not very well known shows on some satellite channels for a, in the intervening period. But um, the it was sort of I guess it really kicked off when. Um, I found out that David Bodicum was standing down from the Only Connect question writing um, of question editor role um, uh, um, about five years ago, four and a half years ago. So I got in touch with the production team at Only Connect and said, "Can you know? Can can I throw my hat in the ring?" Um, and they had they had sort of envisaged a slightly different structure for how the question writing team would work to take the pressure a bit off the question editor because um david bodicum was writing really a lot of the questions himself so the vision was the vision was that they would have a new question editor who who was going to be alan connor and they would appoint people to be senior question writers who would be contracted to produce a certain number of questions to guarantee that the volumes were, were going to be there um so that was that was more outbound me getting in touch with them 
Um, but then so, so subsequent shows uh, have, have been a mixture of inbound and then um, and then kind of the, the networking effect from that. If you do a good job on one show, the same series producers and executive producers want to work with you. Um, and uh, it kind of rolls from there. And, you know, we were turning stuff down now because um, we want to be picky about what we do, mix up what we do and obviously not not compromise the quality of what we do um by taking on too much so you you mentioned t- sort of being interested in and in applying for sort of only connect question position when the the alan Col- alan connor's predecessor stepped down and now you've alan connor stepped down and you are question editor for editor for this series so can you describe the editing process um, sure, sure. I'll, I'll add at this stage that the eagle-eyed credit watchers of Only Connect will notice that that I'm co-credited as question editor with uh, David McGahey, um, who is my colleague at Quiz Quiz Quiz, and we we on different shows we, we basically always work together, but on different shows one of us might take more of a lead than the other depending on time and what what, what the show is. Um, so the editing process for <coughs> Only Connect is is interesting. Um, there's a big pool of question writers. Um, some of them are, broadly speaking, full-time professional quiz writers or crossword writers or puzzle writers, that, that kind of thing. Some of them are retired or hobbyists. Um, and some of them, um, some of them, are, I mean, I'm not being insulting at all, but, you know, a bit random. They've just sent a note in saying, I love the show. Can I write questions for it? And they sent in some sample questions and they were brilliant. Um, or they showed great, great promise. So um, we take we take questions in from the pool of question writers, um, and the, when the questions come in, the way we do it is I will look at them um, and write some comments. David looks at them, will write his comments, will kind of consolidate our our views, and then we share them with um, we share them with Jenny, who is the series producer, and then based on our combined thoughts will then go back to the question writers and ask for maybe some tweaks to some questions. Some questions will just say, well, I don't think that's going to work. Um, and some questions will say, yep, we really want that one. And then there's a process of them formally submitting them. So fully sourced with additional information, the sort of extra facts that Victoria uses on the show to, to add colour to, to each question. So those then come in. Um, uh, we have another look at them when they come in to make sure that it still stands up, that they've acted on the feedback in the sort of way that we were envisaging, whether where there are tweaks. Um, and that's kind of the end of the, the first part of the editing process. <coughs> um, we then manage the process of sending them to the external verifiers who check all the facts as best they can, um, suggest slight tweaks to make the questions more factually robust. They then come back into me and David and then um, at some point after or even during the verification process, we start assigning them to episodes um, to try to make a balanced series and balanced shows, trying to get a mixture of subjects and question types and question devices, uh, particularly in round two. You want to have a, a range of different kind of sequencing devices to, to keep it to keep it varied. And then obviously trying to build in the 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 gradual difficulty gradient from the early heats through to the um, through to the semis and the uh, and the final, um, and then once we've assigned them into episodes, we then have um, epic day-long question meetings to go through every single question um, on every episode with 
um, the question editor, so David and myself, um, Jenny, the series producer, and uh, Chris Stewart, who's the uh, executive producer and has been since the very beginning. And we go through every single question and we we work out was any potential hold or any fears or concerns or potential things that might that might go wrong. Um, that's a really interesting process and usually results in about, certainly on series 13, resulted in about 20% of the questions being tweaked or changed or swapped between episodes if someone swaps, spots a subject clash or something like that. Um, so then after those changes are made, they then go to um, Victoria and she looks at every question in some detail, plays along and sends um, uh, sends her feedback and her thoughts. Um, I really enjoy getting her, her feedback. It was very interesting and perceptive. Um, we were broadly thinking along the same same wavelength, provides just an, another another angle to it. Um, that results in you know maybe one percent of questions being tweaked or changed, maybe two three percent, but no, not a huge number, but all all good good changes. Um, and then and then we're pretty much we're pretty much ready for ready for recording at that point. Um, so it's quite a, it's quite a long process, and there's there's more looking at the questions when we're actually in studio. The um, the um, the graphic system imports all the questions from uh, from the database, and then sometimes there are decisions to be made about how to lay the questions out um, in the clue boxes because sometimes there's the spacing doesn't quite work to how you envisaged it. And then before every episode, we go through all the questions in that episode again with Victoria um, to make sure she's completely comfortable with all the additional facts. And there's sometimes the odd very, very small tweak. Normally, sometimes it's just swapping a clue order if someone, maybe something's been in the news that affects it or you feel a little bit jittery about about something, um, something feels a bit too easy or a bit too hard, just gently, gently adjusting adjusting things but nothing too radical happens at that stage um but uh, it is you know kind of a final check okay so so is this a year-long process or is it is it just take up part of it so for example if you apply you generally know that auditions are in january february time and the blocks of shooting for the recent series have been March, April, May time. Does does the does the question editing process take up the rest of the year or just part of the year? Or so we started. We we have started working on the questions for series fourteen now. Um, so um, we are writing and editing questions that might not appear on screens until um, January, February, March twenty uh, twenty nineteen, um, which is kind of weird. Given it's, you know, we're not even <laughs> not even into the the winter of 2017 yet, um, so um, yeah, so it's 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 an ongoing process, um, and I mean I do a bunch of other stuff at, um, as well, not just on quiz quiz quiz. So um, for me, it's a case of doing an hour here or there and just chipping away at it over the course of the course of several months, um, which which works worked quite well and gives everyone else time to do their bits as well. Okay, so. As, as editor, are you are you are, are you present during the recordings? Are you on hat? Do you need to be on hand during the recording to resolve any disputed answers, or does does as you've described all the verification, all the cross checking, does that eliminate the need for that? 
Um, it ought to eliminate the need for that. Um, but I, but with the best will in the world on every quiz show, it's incredible how many pairs of eyes see a question and and how things can still slip through. Um, so yes, um, one of us will be there for every recording of every episode, um, seeing how things are going. If someone says something very unexpected, being able to know the questions inside out and, and look into that quickly. Um, or if, you know, perhaps Victoria is looking for a bit more clarification um, on how to explain why something is wrong to help out with that. So, um, the, the, I mean, the question dispute side of things is 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 pretty pretty modest. I mean, I think in in I mean in series thirteen, I think there were there were two questions where someone raised an eyebrow. Um, um, in one case, one team had had proposed uh, an answer that was a very very contrived, heavily filtered sequence with you know it relied on it being only things in london between this year and that year and um the sequence still didn't quite work but you know you need to look into these things to to be fair um but um yeah the dispute is not a big part of it but it's just the general fact checking on other things that people say and, and being ready to look into possible alternatives just in case okay so as you said you're you're working on the questions for the next series and you've described during the editing process how you sort of gauge the difficulty and how you con how you sort of put them in the different episodes and the different rounds do you f fear running out do you think there's a finite amount of connections do you fear running out of say easy questions and then everything just becomes very difficult or do you think there's still enough facts to you know just infinitely produce <laughs> yeah questions I, I think i mean i mean it's a, it's a it's a good it's a good point i know that the the received wisdom amongst the only connect production team was that we'd probably have run out of questions after series four or five or six like not sequences more than anything else and those were shorter series as well before the series started going up from 13, 16, how many episodes it was, was up to you know, 20s and 30s number of episodes. Um, I think I think there's a risk that the, the pot will, uh, the well will run dry. Um, I think sequences is the round that is the, the hardest to, to find new sequences. Connections, I think, is going to be broadly, broadly unlimited. Um, but I'm always amazed by the creativity of the, the question writers to find new sequences and find new ways of packaging up existing ideas. So I think we're okay for the moment. And I don't I don't think it's particularly an issue of easy questions or hard questions because one of the beauties of Only Connect is that you can take a fact or a sequence, let's say American presidents or or prime ministers, and um, you can obfuscate the sequence in an easy way or a hard way. So I mean I'm not saying that Only Connect would do um, a sequence that just went ended on Barack and Donald, um, but you know that's an easy sequence. Um, but you, there are ways, as you'll see in the series uh, coming up, or at least an example of it, where you can obfuscate uh, a well-known sequence very, very heavily. Um, so the puzzle solving becomes more an element of it rather than the actual quiz knowledge. So I, I think we'll be okay for a while at least. Okay, so um, we've had. So six episodes of Only Connect so far. Um, is there any difference between, say, being at the studio 
and seeing him live and watching him on 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 screen now, or is it much much? You know, is it is it the similar, or do does watching it back remind you of certain things or bring yeah, certain things forward? The, the it's, it's a very well old machine and studio, so the the episodes are recorded largely as largely as live. Um, obviously, there are there are there, there has to be the odd break um, here and there, but um, um, and they get you know they get edited down, but not that much gets cut out. Not much of the chat gets cut out, so it it does um, you know it does. I, I get a sense of deja vu when I was you know when I episodes that have been on TV now. I'd already seen them once after they'd been edited, just to sort of check whether we had any any feedback before they appeared on TV. So I get these sense of deja vu, thinking, "Oh, I'm sure we got that question. Did we accidentally repeat that question somewhere in the series?" <laughs> okay. um, which is a, which is a bit scary, but but I don't think we did. I'm sure people will tell us if we did by mistake. So have there been any, have there been any highlights for you so far in in the games that we've we've had? Um, it's been quite a fun fun series. I mean, close. Some close matches um, and some you know, good mixture of teams finding it heavy going when they shouldn't have done. Teams making mincemeat of difficult questions in a couple of instances, um, and some some uh, you know some good all round good all round performances. Um, I mean the format this year with only two highest scoring losers getting through the first round puts you know, quite a bit of quite a bit of pressure on the the, the teams. Um, and I think I think some of the Vowels performances. You know, you see teams maybe going for it in the first round a bit more heavily than they might have done otherwise, knowing they need to pick up pick up those points. Um, but I mean, we've had um, um, had some some quite you know, a couple of well established well established quizzes. Uh, I mean, the Eco Warriors have got um, some people who've got quite a bit of quiz experience. The um, Phil Small from the the Belga Files who were on just the other the other week is a you know very very good good uh, good quizzer. And of course, Gail Trimble. Um, uh, the other week as well. So, um, and there's there's some uh, there's a, at least one or two more people coming up who I think will be recognisable to to quiz fans. Excellent. I mean, it does it does seem I don't know. Sometimes it sort of goes both ways. It, like, a, especially as you said, university challenge is more of a development pool for people, and then and then you see them effectively not only graduate university but graduate quizzing and then appear yes. either in only connect or mastermind or in some cases cases both um you know even 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 one of your other previous quizzes countdown has has alumni f- from appearing in all of those all of those quizzes so it's yeah. interesting to see people you haven't say seen in a, in a while and go i recognize them from another quiz and quite interesting i mean as as i've sort of mentioned i've took part in the quiz league of london friendly quiz this year and it's like every other quiz it's like i remember i i've seen you somewhere before i've seen you somewhere before and then you sort of google it afterwards and go oh i've played some they've done quite well on mastermind or i've played an octo i'm playing against an octo champ from countdown it's like, okay fine <laughs> okay well, that, that's why they've been getting high scores and i haven't um so for in addition to your position as quiz editor you have today released a only connect book do you want to give a description and promote that um no not really yeah of course <laughs> I do. Uh, yeah it's um it's very exciting i mean the book the book's been talked about for quite a few years and in fact if you search 
not very hard online. You'll find a few online bookstores selling an imaginary only connect book um dates two thousand fourteen which um which which never came to fruition. So it's been it's been quite quite a long journey and I guess I've maybe been been lucky to be the person who's you know who who have felt to to to, to help bring it to you know bring it to fruition um so um yeah it's it's a it's a fun book it's questions from the first 10 series of the show plus um a bunch of brand new brand new questions um uh new walls and new vowels questions uh, um and um we've also got at the end of the book an audition quiz which doesn't have the answers in but there's a website that you can get the URL from in the book where you can submit the answers to the audition quiz um, and compare your scores to other people um, who have uh, who have done done those questions when they were on the show. Um, and uh, well, I think one of the things that I like most about the book is that on every single question that has been on the show, um, albeit some of them we've slightly tweaked to make them work better for the book, we've got information on how the teams did when they took part on them, uh, play those questions on the show, so you can kind of compare yourself to um, to the performance of the of the teams. Um, so um, you know that, that's 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 quite fun. Um, I give a, a particular shout out to uh, um, to one of the Only Connect uh, uh, question writers called uh, Daniel Peak, who watched every single episode of Only Connect <laughs> over, over the summer to, to help extract this uh, this data. Um, it was it was a two pronged attack. It was he was also kind of cleaning up the the master database that we've got to make sure it was all accurate. But um, yeah, I think he, he got he got through it all in um, in the space of just a couple of months. Um, but I think I think he uh, I think he can be triggered now by the only connect theme tune. So we have to be a little bit careful oh, uh, when, when he's around. Okay, so that's that's describe that's you've described the book, which is out in time to be a great Christmas present for people and also good audition material for future competitors. So um, you've also mentioned numerous times um, through this interview, through the, this discussion, um, your quiz, quiz, quiz. Do you, do you want to develop that or talk about that anymore and tell us what you what that offers? Yeah, so like we, run, um, we run quiz nights um, and um, pretty much anyone who we ask who's been to one of our quiz nights say it's the best quiz night they've ever been to. Um, so... Um, they are very good and they're great fun. Um, so I'd encourage anyone here who's, you know, who's who's listening, who's thinking of having a work quiz night, um, instead of being forced to take part, forced to run it yourself, um, then get get the professionals in um, and you can take part. You might win, you might not. Um, we tend to set, we tend to the quizzes tend to be very accessible. They're they're fun for people who um, aren't necessarily quizzes, like your colleagues at work who who, who might just be be up for it. Um, but um, you know the best the best quizzing team usually usually wins, but everyone enjoys it. Um, so you know, lots lots of music and entertainment, um, um, not necessarily music and entertainment questions, but music and just general entertainment value to the quiz. Um, quite a lot of puzzly thinky type questions, and we are quite unusual, I think, in that we don't turn up with the questions that we're going to run for that quiz. The quiz masters are trained to to prepare and adapt the quiz um, on the fly in real time. Most people who've been to one of our quizzes are absolutely amazed that we do that because you can't tell that that's happening. But everyone always says, oh, the questions were perfectly pitched. There was something for everyone, etc." And And um, I think the only way you can do that is by adapting 
relentlessly on the night, um, which is which is quite an unusual aspect of our quiz nights that I've not really come across anyone else who's who's got the setup to be able to be able to do that. So so what what make in your opinion what makes a good quiz and what makes a good quiz master? Because I think a cut certainly in my experience I've been to I've been to quizzes where the experience has been sort of it, you know, it's either been a very good experience because the quiz master has been very good, even though the questions were bad. And then sometimes I've been to yes. quizzes where, I, you know, there's just been one obscure round where almost every team gets about two out of ten, and you just think, yes. what on earth was that? <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, this is this is a a long and complicated topic that that me and my colleagues uh, will have spent far too long thinking about but but I guess we're, we're professional as professionals and we earn our uh, our living by by thinking about these these issues um so um the quiz master is not the entertainment but is the facilitator of the entertainment so you get you get people who are very good presenters and entertainers who want to be the center of attention um and a good quiz master won't be that they'll be the They'll be charismatic and able to control things and make things flow and understand the questions and how how they work in the quiz. But the the quiz itself has to be the star. So the questions have to be excellent. Um, they have to be varied. Um, they have to be not too difficult and not too easy. Um, that's where our technique of adapting the questions on the fly during the quiz becomes so so useful. Um, I think the thing that's very very much neglected in almost every quiz that I've that I've ever been to. Um, is is variety in in pacing. Um, you know, almost every quiz you go to will have X number of rounds, all the same length, um, and that's that's just a convention that people, or it's, maybe it's easy to set quizzes in that way because it could be quite structured. But actually, if you think about going to a watching a good TV program or seeing a good play, the pacing varies throughout. So um, the quizzes we run tend to have quite a quick and snappy first round, usually relatively easy to get people into the swing of it. Then maybe you'll have a slightly meatier second round once people are settled in. Uh, maybe the first round will have 10 questions. Second round might be might have 12 questions, but lots of multi-part questions, so it might be worth 20 points. Then maybe you'll have a slightly slightly snappier third round and then something completely different for the next round. Um, and so that's one thing to keep the quiz really interesting. The other thing is is question variety and subject variety, and I think an, another trap that a lot of quizzes fall into um, is having subject-based rounds. And I don't have anything against that per se, and we do that sometimes as well. Um, but I think what we do is we have kind of mechanic-themed rounds. So each round will work in a certain way. There'll be a certain type of questions or a certain underlying structure to. To, to the round and then within that you can put in questions of all sorts of different all sorts of different topics so there's nothing worse than having a sports round and you have people who don't know anything about sports so you alienate you alienate 10 of 10 people out of 50 for 10 minutes or 50 minutes which isn't isn't a great way to entertain people likewise with a with a music round so trying to mix up the subjects within rounds and if you are doing a sports round which we do sometimes or a music round which we do sometimes there's a real skill in setting those so that they're they're accessible even to people who think they don't like those subjects. My greatest pleasure from running a quiz is when a team comes up and says, we didn't think we liked this subject, we didn't think we liked quizzes, but that was really fun. Um, and I think that's you know, that's what makes a good quiz. You've got to make you've got to engage everyone as much as you can on every question, or certainly within every round. 
Okay, thank you for that. Um, before we sort of bring this to a close, I'd like to go through some quickfire questions with you, if you don't mind. Okay. Okay. Um, first one is, and seeing as you unfortunately didn't have the opportunity, would you like to introduce yourself in a university challenge style? Um, I will. Um, hello, my name is uh, Jack Whaley-Cohen. I read experimental psychology and I am from London. That's what I would have said at the time. Okay, fine. If you were on a university challenge team, which seat would you like to sit in? That is a good question. I think I would be on the. I think I would be the one person on the one person side of the captain, um, on the basis that there's quite a bit of stuff that I don't know enough about. But when I do, I'm probably the only one the captain wants to talk to. Okay, that's a good answer. Um, so the next question is only connect related. And do you understand any of the past or current knockout rules for Only Connect? <laughs> I actually do. <laughs> um, so yours, yours was the first. Yours was single elimination tournament, wasn't it? Then it went to sort of double elim elimination tournament. Now it's taken up university challenge type. Broadly, but it's not. It's still not quite the same as university challenge. Um, um, I mean, it's a bit. Of, I guess it's a. It's a bit of a running joke, which I know annoys some people. Um, but it's a bit of a running joke that no one understands how it works. Um, and Victoria <laughs> does, does broadly understand how it works. Um, but when I saw the tournament structure um, for Only Connect Series 13, it I had to spend. I had to set aside some time to make sure I fully understood it in order to know what kind of levels of questions we needed for different for different matches. Um, something that's worth saying actually that that make that makes me think of people sometimes ask like. On university challenge, you know, our questions match to the contestants, um, and on only connect, you know, our questions ever like aimed at or match to the contestants. And I don't know the answer for university challenge. I, I think they usually try to throw a few things that people might feel comfortable in their subject area. On only connect, um, I don't find out. Uh, the questions team don't find out who any of the teams are until all the episodes are locked down and we know who's going to be in what. So if a question turns up that looks like it's the perfect question for a team, um, it's it's complete luck. And it's amazing how often that happens, um, but complete complete luck. Okay. Um, this next question might be quite personal because I think uh, your Twitter address linked to a video of it today. Do you cheer or groan at the music questions on Only Connect? Um, I'm rubbish at music, absolutely rubbish. Um, David, my colleague, is is brilliant at music. I would guess that he he'll be a, a top, you know, a, well certainly a, a top ranking music quizzer um, if if there was such a ranking. Um, so I, I groan because the only technique I can apply to them is only connect technique by listening to words and trying to work out what a sort of connection there might be. I just don't have the music knowledge. So I'm, I'm, I'm a groaner on the music questions. Okay. And similarly, on on University Challenge, would you prefer a pop music question or a classical music question? I would prefer a classical music question because I know a bit about classical music. Um, I'm better than most people in classical music, but I'm still not very good at it. Um, and I'm worse than almost everyone at pop music. Okay. 
So, the final quickfire question is, although not part of Quizzy Mondays, what would your specialist subject be on Mastermind? In the first round, it would be Harry Houdini. Okay. Um, if I got through that first round, which I wouldn't, my <laughs> subject would probably be um, the history uh, history of British TV uh, quiz and game shows, um, which actually was my specialist subject when I was on The People Versus um, once upon a time when you needed the specialist subject for your kind of flip questions when you needed the lifeline. Okay. Okay. Um, I think that brings us to a conclusion. Uh, so thank you very much, Jack Whaley Cohen. Um, so you can... Your quiz, quiz, quiz is just Twitter address is just at quiz, 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 isn't it? Correct, and we're 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 tweeting a lot during Only Connect episodes. We obviously know what's coming up, so we've got a few things prepared to to share during some of the episodes to to try to add a bit of interesting content. So, um, if you're a fan of Only Connect, definitely worth um, definitely worth keeping an eye on our, our accounts uh, on the Only Connect hashtag during the during the shows. Yes, and of uh, of course, as discussed earlier, you have the Only Connect book out which is out today from all good and all good online and high street booksellers correct correct excellent okay thank you very much jack whaley cohen lovely thank you very much chris